0: A dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state of the art equipment and techniques rogerstein crash repairs saved my car it looks brand new fast friendly and reliable i wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle don't let accidents slow you down visit rogerstein crash repairs adelaide at 14 penner avenue glind for quality service you can count on and here's a special offer just for our listeners mention this podcast and receive a 100 dollars discount on your repair Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair.
1: Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australian's destination for everything sports. Local, national and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, And any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome Welcome to to Game On.
2: Welcome to Game On for 2023. Malcolm, you're back in the studio here tonight. And happy new year, mate.
3: Yeah, same to you, same to you, mate. Mate. Had a good night Tuesday night, and we? With, we we did. Yes, guests of five double A at the cricket and. Uh Yes. uh, Fantastic. The food we uh, put on, I never thought I'd hear the words of jealousy or the cricket from my better half, was an extraordinary line. I did tell Flipper that it made his 159 on debut appear, Mickey Mouse, to (laughs) get those lines out of Emma, I can tell you. Fair enough.
2: Um, Over the last couple of weeks, we've done our summer series because we've uh, basically been on a little bit of a break, but it was great to relive some of those moments from Johnny Wynn and um, Rodney Maynard, so uh, we thank them for their time earlier on in the year.
3: Very much so, yes. Two eight, great man, and it was good rocket to you know, catch up not only on his career but about the state of country footy and country sport in general.
2: Absolutely, and that has moved, has progressed actually in the last couple of weeks, and we might cover that over the next couple of weeks yeah. when we start talking footy again.
1: Around the grounds
2: today, mate. We're we're gonna sort of get underway a little bit different format today than what we have been doing because it has been a pretty big two weeks as far as sports go, especially here in South Australia. We're going to have a little bit of a look at the tennis later, but I think it's pretty important that we start off with the cricket first, mate. So Australia v South Africa was supposed to be the series that was going to test the
3: Australians. Yeah, look, South Africa's batting very disappointing. Um, Look, while it's hard for us to comment being... Australians, mm-hmm. you do have to wonder about the whole South African quota system, if it is their best possible side. Mm-hmm. You know, you've also have Quentin de Kock, who's a gun, who's mm-hmm. retired, and you do wonder on on that side of things. And he was critical of the quota system as being one of the reasons. So, yes. yeah, disappointing, and their batting was pretty average. Look, their bowling was average. J had a crack. Yep, Rabada was a bit disappointing. Jara, the left hand. Uh, Orthodox spinner. I reckon he bowls about as well as you or me. So yep. he was pretty average. Um, so, yeah, pretty disappointing, really. But Australia just did the job. They yep. played very well against West Indies, against an average opposition. We all thought South Africa's going to be. And it looked that way in the first test. You know, batting was average, but hey, we know this is a bowling deck. Three for pretty quick. And then Travis really put his foot down, didn't he? Yeah, partnership with Head and Smith really probably effectively won the test match. And uh, you know, if we'd had to chase even a hundred in the second dig, it may have be been more interesting. You know, we think we were four for thirty, but you do wonder on that. And then, yeah, the second test, uh, you yeah, know, Warner's innings, yeah, and and that. But South batting was pretty disappointing again.
2: Their bowl, bowling is what they sort of prided themselves coming out here, and apart from a probably a twenty-minute spell each day. Uh, they were they were a little bit average. I, I totally agree with
3: you there for sure. As a South Australian, I will say Alex Carey's yes. maiden Test hundred was Absolutely. huge. I, I mean, you know, I'm a massive Carey fan. As a as a cricketer, I think he I think he should have been playing Test cricket at least a year earlier. Personally, mm-hmm. yep. Um, I but think the, he's been our best wicketkeeper batsman for a long time, and his innings. He, he technically he's you can argue that technically he's our best player. Yes. in terms of pure technique. Yep. Um, and it was a good reward for effort. I mean,
2: you know, yeah. he'd sort of been around the mark and batting reasonably well, but uh, to go through and, and, and obviously get his 100, uh, especially on home soil, is, uh, is quite special. And, you know, again, South Australia uh, f- featuring prominently with Head doing quite well and then Kerry
3: doing quite well, so you can't complain. Oh, and then you know, I know we've got it other player of the series yes. David Warner. Like, that was farcical. How in the hell can you make 213 runs in three test matches, Mm -hmm. 200 of them in one innings, and get player of the series? It was just ridiculous. I thought it had to be – I thought Travis Head, personally I thought he had the most effect over the three test series. Well, he changed things. Yeah, so I thought he was – he could have gone Carmen, You could have – Carmen Smith, there was a case there as well. This certainly wasn't a case for David Warner, and it was just when they announced it, well, everyone was just flabbergasted.
2: I agree. We're we're all arms up in air, going, yeah. "Hang on, how, how did you come to that conclusion?" Uh, yes, the two hundred was a, a, a defining innings for him personally, but it really didn't do too much to the to the to the series and to the team. It was probably, like you said before, had changed that test match. You know, when they were struggling a little bit and really got on top. Uh, obviously, we're a little bit biased being South Australian, but you look at it as a whole, and I reckon he would
3: certainly have to be there for one of the best players well, of the series. Well, it was just a crazy decision. It was almost a sympathy vote in his 100th test match, his comeback, you know, made to. But hang on, that. For a one test out of three where he's had yep. no effect on the other. Look, if he'd gone and made 70 or 80 or 100 in Sydney, yep. yeah, then he's, then he's got some sort of case. But failing to get in Sydney. Yep. It's just ridiculous. It was. So leading on to
2: Sydney, uh, obviously, uh, Usman Khawaja. He's 195 and they de- declare.
3: I Look, thought it was a blatantly obvious declaration. I've, I found it quite amusing, people carrying on. Look, the job is to try and win the game. Yes. They had to try and get 20 wickets to try and win the game. People saying afterwards, oh, it was ridiculous that they're eight wickets short. Well, hang on. They had very, quite a few umpires' calls decision going against them and dropped a few catches. Like, it mm-hmm. could have... And the way South Africa had batted in the first two tests, it certainly wasn't out of the rooms of possibility. Exactly. Um, I thought we were one wicket short on the first day. I think if they'd gone to stumps at seven for, yep, it was well and truly going on. So I, yeah, for mine it was just a blatantly obvious declaration. It's an individual. It's a team game. You're to win I, a team I was game.
2: Just about to say that that uh, you know really at the end of the day, most Australian teams have always put team before individual honours, and I think. You know, from a from a public point of view, they wanted to see the 200 for Izzy, but at the same time, you're right, it is all about winning the game and they needed as much time uh, to, to, to bowl them out with considering all the rain that they've had in Sydney. Yep,
3: for mine, just an obvious declaration. It is.
2: Mate, the uh, the, the wickets, obviously, over the, the summer series, we, we talked about Brisbane, uh, you know, sort of getting a little bit of a strike there before Christmas. Uh, any thoughts on the Melbourne and
3: Sydney pitch? Look, I thought Melbourne... I thought Melbourne was okay. I thought there was a bit in it, a um, bit of both. I thought Sydney was a bit bland. There wasn't quite enough in it. It showed, and it didn't spin. Admittedly, they were unlucky, the weather. Mm-hmm. They've lost two days now. If it had cracked and then it spun, and I think that's why Aga got picked. They thought it was going to be the yes. the old Sydney Bunsen burner, Yes, and it just wasn't. So, yeah.
2: Obviously, uh, chasing those 14 wickets on the last day or day and a bit, um, you know, they put themselves in reasonable position. There were a few half chances, but there are also some silly chances in there as yeah. well.
3: Oh, but a couple of those umpires call. There was one LBW given not out. It was hitting middle stump halfway up. How, yes. how that got given not out has me blow, blow yep. it. and It was. We actually made the point, the guy I was watching with you on Sunday at one stage. I said, they've got an umpire who's a not out umpire here in Paul Rifle. If it had been Blocker Wilson, it would have been Blocker is an out umpire. Yes. So the, the batting team are then having to appeal. Not uh, there were so many umpires. I think there was five umpires calls. Well, yeah. Well,
2: you know. that probably leads me into my next my next point that we've got down on our run sheet is that you know those catches that are being reviewed and reviewed and reviewed is it getting out of control? It is ridiculous. Yeah, they were out all out.
3: Yep. Ev- all three were out. Yep. Anyone who's played cricket knows the hand was underneath. The 2D, 3D camera bit does not work for cricket. It is absolute stupidity. I know the old day it used to be, feel to catch it, yep, and off you go. And then a few people like Tiger Lance, the famous one, where he's asked Ian Chapel, did you catch it? And then when Ian's walking off, he he said, well, he didn't ask how many times it bounced. Um, So there's a a few things like that. But every one of those, and especially the third one, was just flabbergasting. That's just an out. Good catch, Steve. Yes. See you later. I I think there has to be some sort of human
2: element put back into the game and and I think we're relying a little bit too much on technology. That's why I ask, is
3: it getting out of control? With the way the cameras are, you can find doubt on any ball, basically. and it's just It hasn't worked and can't work. Let's be honest, let's actually umpire. Well, you might as well just have robots out there because all they're doing is counting to six.
2: Well, it, it takes the umpire... Umpiring out of it, and I feel sorry for the umpires in the way that they're having to second guess all of their decisions. It's a little bit like the AFL umpiring, you know, when it comes to goal goal line review and and touched off of the uh, off of the
3: boot. I just think it's gone a little too far. Well, the old adage, accept the umpire's decision. Umpire's decision is the final thing we've all grown up with, and just yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah,
2: mate. Uh, obviously, looking over the. F- No, the six tests here in Australia, the the crowds just seem to be... Five, sorry. uh, ...seem to be down quite considerably on previous years. Has test cricket lost a little bit of its luster?
3: Maybe possibly, but the crowd's still in Adelaide. And, you know, Adelaide as a state with supporting sport. We all talk about Melbourne being the sporting capital of Australia and Mm -hmm. the world. On ratio of population... Of the way we support South Australia, no, South is actually the on pure ratio of population, we support sport a mile better than anywhere else. Correct, and and well, that's not even a biased comment. That's just a fact.
2: When when we talk about the tennis a little bit later on, um, you know, I want to almost say exactly the same yeah. thing right here, right now, is a big pat on the back for South Australian uh, fan goers that are that are actually going to these uh, events and and showing
3: up in droves. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Forty thousand on New Year's Eve. Yes. Okay, that's become the big thing, and I think it's become a real family thing. Hey, well, New Year's Eve is a bit of an overrated thing, in my opinion. Yep. We'll go to the We'll go to the cricket. Um, it's huge. But twenty one thousand again there on Tuesday night. Yeah. Well, so. we had the pleasure of being at the Adelaide
2: Oval on on yeah. on Tuesday night, and um, you know, we were guessing with the flip up in the box how many we thought, and you know, I was around the uh, seventeen to eighteen mark, and and he he. He said, "Oh no, I reckon there's at least 20. Mm. That's a great effort, especially considering with everything else that's going on at the moment. I mean, most people have gone back to work. Um, tennis has has been on for the last two weeks here in Adelaide. You've got the tour down under. It's just a it's uh, Adelaide's life. It's yeah. fantastic, absolutely yep. fantastic. Yep. All right, mate. We're going to move on. We're gonna we're gonna stick with cricket for a little bit longer. We're gonna talk about the strikers. I'm not
3: going to talk about the game currently on.
2: Maybe we'll talk about that one first. Let's get uh, the negatives out of the way before the positives. Um, currently over in Melbourne at the moment, bowled out for 108. Not exactly the and the And
3: the bizarre bit, and it's it's emerged, there's been a bit of debate on social media and that sort of thing about uh, Travis Head and Alex Carey not playing. Well, after Uzi, uh, Agar... Uh, Renshaw and that played last night, sort of on the travel bit, well, hang on, Agar played for the WA side last night. Yes. So why in the hell we thought, oh, geez, come on, Travis and Alex, how many more days off do you want? But it sounds like Cricket Australia stopped it. Well, it's just a bizarre decision. You've got surely those two players are draw cards Big draw cards Correct. for the game in Melbourne tonight. It's just well, it's
2: just got, ridiculous. Like you said, Labashane and uh, Warner have played, Agar has played, and it's just like, wh- hang on, wh- why aren't Kerry and Head playing considering uh, it's in Melbourne? Well, yeah, it all was right. It's
3: Kawaja, Labashane, Renshaw, and Agar all played last night. On the bit of, oh, well, no, we're not letting him play an away game on travel, Agar traveled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just crazy. I, yeah, that's one that
2: I'm scratching my head at when you walked in tonight and said uh, that oh. uh, Head and Carry are not playing. I'm like, what? And <laughs> Hang wor- on, How and does that work?
3: Work rate. Hang on, we've just played the game in Sydney where they've sat in their backsides with two days where it got washed out. So it's just crazy.
2: Yes, unfortunately, money is uh, r- ruling the game, so to speak. Well, it's just, Maybe it's it a just corporate doesn't, decision.
3: It, well, it just doesn't make sense in any way. Now, if the players had made the call that they needed the time off, I'd disagree with that as well. But at least you'd go, well, at least that's it. But at the moment, if, if that is correct, and we need to get it confirmed, mm-hmm. that if that's correct, that Cricket Australia have made the call, that is just, just unbelievable. That is. That is as absolutely. KG would say, strike me, Pink. Big time. All right, mate. We'll get on to a bit more
2: positive with the strikers. The record run chase here uh, a, a week ago now. Of uh, two hundred and thirty, what an exciting game! Uh, you were at that game. Yeah, I came home uh, from playing a bit of bowls. Crazily enough, on that day, and uh, had it on in the background. I just couldn't turn it off.
3: Well, it's quite funny that we were sitting there and that we were muck, mucking around. Come on, keep them to two ten to keep us in it. You know, it's a joke line.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then when we're batting, and we kept going. And I said, "Hey, geez, I wish they had only made two ten at the moment." Yep. And in the end, they've got two thirty and got them with three balls to spare. Yes. Which technically in 2020 may well have been another 10, 12 runs, well, uh, even more. Absolutely. Well, the Hurricanes sort of imploded a little bit towards the end. There, yeah. they,
2: uh, you know, a couple of no balls. That, that um, wides. Uh, wides, that uh, waist height no yep. ball that was a catch uh, was very interesting.
3: Look, I thought it was a blatant no ball, and look, I disagree also with the with the way the rulings done. Because it wasn't called on ground, the run doesn't count to the batsman. The batsman who, in this case, it was Hose goes back and faces. Well, really, it should be one run. He's been caught on the boundary and Short should have been on strike. Yes. Okay, Hose has hit the next ball for six. he certainly did. Afterwards say, oh, great. But if it's called on ground, which it was in the last over, that run counts. So I, I just think... Well, hang on, you've been caught on the boundary. Yes. That's a normal run. You, you score off a no ball. So why are we deciding it's a no ball, but you don't score in that situation? I, I think it's a bit I, I crazy. think
2: just because of the way that the, the game was going, I think everybody just sort of lost their head a little bit. I yeah. mean, it certainly looked like but that is, way. That is the rule. Yes. And
3: uh, I just, because I, I admit, I did go and ask Peter Siddle after the game. Yep. Because uh, I was saying, well, hang that just doesn't make sense. And he thinks, he thinks. Oh, I actually reckon it's not bad, but we agree to differ in the end, which yeah, so is fine. Fair enough,
2: absolutely. Mate, Rashid Khan and Linny, uh, obviously, uh, playing. Lin playing one more match here tonight, I believe, or one yeah. more back in Adelaide. But being replaced with head and Kerry is it
3: a bit of a win-win? Possibly. I, I don't really get it that... I, I would have hoped you'd commit to a tournament. Okay, the overseas player... While I disagree, though, I can understand a little bit more. But surely, Lynn in this case, he commit to the side. And I'm sorry, I, I admit, I I watched highlights from the set one of the games from South Africa today, and, poof, standard wise, mate, you and I can get it on the plane go over there now. It wasn't great.
2: Well, it means a few extra dollars. I'm I'm in, mate. Let's yeah. go. Um, yeah, I, I think Head and Carey coming back in is a is a good thing. Uh, obviously, we would have loved to loved to see them play tonight, but Wow, um, you're right. Uh, Rashid, obviously for national duties, obviously national b- ahead of anything else. But yeah, you're right. The level, yeah, level of, level of competition out. in some of these um, uh, alternative leagues just scratches your head sometimes.
3: Right. Yeah. I think once you commit, don't you commit for a season, sort of? And look, it's yet another reason to shorten the big bash, which finally is happening next year, yep. shorten it so you do have people more for the season. Yep. Now, you know, the big bash goes longer than an episode of Blue Hills uh, from the old days for people yep. out there. Um, I just think it goes ridiculously long, too many games, so shortening it does help. Yep. Uh,
2: Petty Siddle playing tonight, which is a yes. bit, little bit of a surprise, but they're going to need him to be fighting fit and bowling pretty well on uh, on this Melbourne pitch. Uh
3: Is he going to be fit for the finals or is he going to break down again? Oh, look, wait. See, uh, it's funny because he's had a good shield season so far and he bowled very well. He got man of the match shield game here. Okay, it was only against South Australia. Um, Mm -hmm. But he was very good. Mm -hmm. And so out of that, he didn't look like he was losing his zip, which he has looked like so far in the big bash. So it's, yeah, it's a bit a bit mixed on
2: that Yeah, well, we'll wait and see, obviously. We'll see how it all pans out tonight. Obviously, only bowling at a target of 108. Uh, we're going to need another one of those record uh, yeah. all out for 15 or 20 again uh, for it to uh, come together. Uh, very
3: disappointing tonight.
2: All right, mate, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we've covered uh, quite a lot of cricket in our first uh, little stanza. Yep. We're going to head over to the tennis uh, after yep. the break,
1: mate. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. It's We'll be right back after this short break.
3: So the tennis, it's been a couple of you know, we're in the middle of a big week, a big fortnight here in Adelaide. But yeah, yeah, go for it, the Adelaide International week,
2: mate. Absolutely, the tennis has come back to Adelaide in a pretty big way. We we sort of missed out for a few years there, and sort of lost status for a little bit. They did try a C tournament which was bringing in some of the legends of the game yeah. and a couple of the up-and-comers. And yeah, yeah, and and that event worked very, very well. But it's great to see them getting a status back. And with the Hopman Cup obviously going overseas and then the introduction of the United Cup, it's meant that there's a couple of weeks there that Adelaide has taken full advantage of. I was actually quite surprised to see it run for two weeks, not just the one, but... I think they've split it up very, very well with the ATP 250 event and the WTA 500 event.
3: Yeah, look, it seems to be working. It's certainly, you know, you had last week with... You know, well, big, Novak Djokovic, yes, big, headlining. You know, so we, we had the big name here. You yeah, know, mixed thoughts on that one personally. Yep. Um, more than mixed. Uh, but it's been a pretty good pretty good fields. Australian showing you a bit of promise, absolutely. Kokanakis again today, so yes. yeah.
2: Currently, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Adelaide yep. International two in a minute, but uh, he's currently five all in the second set after taking the first set six three as we speak. Okay. Um, so you know, sort of things are trending quite well there. But he beat Rublev in his last yeah. last round game, the number one seed. Obviously, great to see a South Australian do well. But geez, they always perform well here in Adelaide, don't they?
3: Yeah, and it's a big week for him too because he won last year. So, so he's, he's got he's defending points. those points. Correct.
2: So. We'll go back to Djokovic in the first week there. You know, perfect preparation with a couple of little hiccups, a little bit of a hammy strain. Yeah, uh, But I thought Corder really took it to him in that final. Young up-and-coming player and... From all reports, you know, he, he rips the ball just that little bit more and that bounce that he's getting, Novak was just struggling with.
3: No, he's certainly got a fair bit of promise quarter. There's no doubt about that. And, yeah, we just wait and see. He's played. So he trained again today. Djokovic with the Hemi really taped up and all that. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because it's, You've well, really a... only got to do a little bit more to it, and that's probably it. And so, it's a long yeah, two weeks, yeah. and you're
2: playing five sets versus three sets, obviously, in the ATP
3: circuit events. Grand Slams, you're, you're in for five all the way, so... And, okay, he'll get the night games in general, so he's not quite as much heat, but yep. Hammy can go again. Yeah. So he's then you've fibre. got... So your headline
2: acts, obviously, we'll talk about the Australian Open a little bit more in a minute, but, you know, Novak Djokovic, Kyrgios... Nadal, for the men anyway, mm. they're all under injury clouds. Well,
3: yeah, let's, let's be honest. Curious is always under an in- injury yes. cloud, brain cloud as well.
2: <laughs> it, it was a, so. Talking about Curious, it was a pity to see him pull out of the yeah. Adelaide event. Uh, obviously, a draw card here in Adelaide it would have been fantastic to, to see him come. But we talked about it in the cricket a little bit earlier. We have to pat the back of the Adelaide sporting public. I mean, they are turning up in droves at Memorial Drive. And we were at the Adelaide Oval on Tuesday night for the cricket and we happened to go in past the yeah. tennis centre and the tennis center is looking it's, fantastic. It, they've done a really good job with that.
3: Yeah, it's funny because I don't normally go in that, Kate. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I'd actually been around that side for a while. Well, so
2: I hadn't been there in a couple of years because of the pandemic and, and same, same deal, I'm always sort of coming in the other end, hadn't been around that side since they had finished it. Um, and the additions that they've put in the last couple of years are just absolutely fantastic and you can see that the... Uh, the tournament's just going from strength to strength.
3: Mate, no, I didn't walk out that way after the most significant sporting event in 2022 with the, with the legs premiership. I did go out the other way, but I think I would have walked over the top at that stage anyway, so I wouldn't have noticed it. I,
2: I think there would have been Coles down, mate. Uh, you would have been able to walk over yeah. that one as well. All right, mate, we're going to the Australian Open preview. We've just talked about um, uh, Djokovic, Nadal and Kyrgios obviously being some bigger names. You know... With the, with the tournaments being played at this time of year and not having a lot of rest time from the l- end of last year, do you think that the Australian Open needs to just adjust the
3: schedule a little bit to just give them a few more weeks off? I think it's actually gone back a little bit later than what it, what it used to be. Just a touch. So yeah. there's that as well because um, they're not having to spend Christmas over because there was a bit of debate there for a while. Mm-hmm. So it has, you still want to get it. If you go any further back and you get out of the school holidays, I think that then does make it harder. So I don't really... Yeah, I mean, if the
2: first week is in the school holidays, that's when you're getting the bulk of your crowds at Melbourne Park. Um, obviously, the lead-up events would still be in the bulk of school holidays all the way around Australia. United Cup, uh, the Adelaide International, Auckland, as currently being played at the moment. Hobart usually does something as well. You've got Exhibition in Melbourne... As well, so
3: probably the other point though is if if the players weren't coming, yep, and that and they were saying, No, we're not going, oh, it's too close to Christmas, mm-hmm. etc. Well, then you go, Yeah, hey, hang on, we, we do have to go further yep. back. But I think if they're coming, so be it. I yep.
2: uh, look, I'm of two minds, I think that it can be slightly adjusted, I think it has been, but you know, the talk obviously around the town and, and all over the media at the moment is, you know, players like Osaka obviously missing for pregnancy, yeah. uh, which we found out obviously yeah, today. today yeah. Venus Williams, who was given a wild card, had to give that up. Um, but then there's a real host of new players coming through that I think we should be excited for. Yeah, and I think... And the Australian Open has been renowned for... Discovering. Discovering some yeah. of those and considering that the the points that are on offer as well as the, um, the time of year it's played, you can have somebody jump out of the box. I mean, look at Alcaraz... You know, yeah. this time last year, you know, ranked basically around 100 or just outside the 100. By the end of the year, he's number one. Yeah,
3: he was a kabang, wow, sort of thing. Absolutely.
2: So, yeah. so yes, the Australian Open obviously being played at Melbourne Park from the 16th to the 29th yeah. of January. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's going to be on Channel 9, you know, early matches. It's going to be interesting to see some of those upsets that are, that are going to come from that. But, You know, it's always nice sitting back late at night. You've got cricket on one channel, tennis on the other, and from a sporting point of view, absolutely fantastic.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, mate, that finishes our tennis for tonight. At this stage, we'd have a past player, but obviously with us coming back, just coming back to our first show for the new year, we've arranged for a past player, past legend for next week. So we'll head over to the happy
1: days. Go for it. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy Days.
2: And mate, to kick off today's Happy Days, I thought you might like this one. Happy birthday to Tom Jonas.
3: Yeah, look, a fantastic story, Tom, that... Playing at Ross Trevor, Bass gets him out to Nord, and away he goes. A bit of a story there, too. I will thank his dad. John did buy a copy of my book, The Definitive Rule Book, to give to Tom for Christmas, just as a reminder where his real roots are with the Nord stories in, in it, so <laughs> stirring him up. So Absolutely.
2: Yes. Obviously, a product of Ross Trevor College, which a lot of Nord footballers have, have come from, but obviously playing for the mighty Red Legs for a few years there, and then obviously getting drafted to Port Adelaide in 2010. Obviously, playing 2011, four games thereabouts.
3: Yeah, yeah. Look, and just Goa, he was an on baller more at Nord mm-hmm. and tagged a bit, and then he's ended up playing playing a key defender. It was a little bit short. It's always he it was always leadership. There was always leadership right from day dot when he arrived at Nord. So, and and on the Ross Trevor angle, don't worry. I do hear from the boys in terms of Panos and Kennelly that they do remind how many rocks boys are, are around and Jarvis uh, How many played in the side? Yes, I did hear that from a few of them.
2: 203 games for Port Adelaide, obviously captain. Fantastic achievement for Tom Jonas. So happy birthday, mate. Yes. All right, mate, we move on. This week in boxing, Muhammad Ali. I'm sure every one of our listeners has heard of Muhammad Ali. was drafted at Louisville, Kentucky, but didn't want to go and was refused by the draft board an exemption.
3: Oh, look, an extraordinary story. You know, there's so many, we can go with so many angles on Muhammad Ali. Look. Yep. I will say being at the G on ninety eight grand final day, the AFL grand final, and sort of like going right, I want to enjoy this pre match bit and Muhammad Ali comes out and it was goosebumps. The hundred thousand a standing ovation of a hundred thousand people, it was it was incredible. Just it was the a respect, privilege yeah, to be there.
2: The respect that's shown for a man or the goat really of, of yeah. boxing is second to none.
3: He's up there with brabbing you know, Phelps. Always a few Jesse Owens. We can Jordan. Oh, he's Ruth, up there. Yeah, he's up there.
2: We move on. We'll stick with the tennis theme, which we've already been talking about a little bit earlier. But we'll throw back to yesteryear there. Borg and Geralitis play off in the ATP Masters final, with Borg winning 6-2, 6-2 in the first of his two ATP two a Master final wins
3: at Madison Square, Square Gardens. Gardens. Yeah, yes. in New York. K Madison out there listening as well. Borg, one of the, again, we've just talked about Muhammad Ali in that way. Borg was one of the all-time greats as well. And Venus Gerolais was a bloody good player as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a couple of greats.
2: Look, they were the ones that really kick-started ATB a Tennis and, and really took it from a semi-professional sport to a professional sport. And, you know, watching some of Borg's Wimbledon finals, you know, just just oh. so smooth and graceful. And, jeez, you'd love to have been in New York City at Madison Square Gardens to see that final.
3: Oh, and Borg was also, he was a gun in the crunch situation, he pretty, I'd I'd like to have his five set record in front of us, I reckon he was pretty reasonable in that way.
2: Absolutely, and actually watched his movie, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but you know, he had his troubles as a bit of a junior and and got pulled into line and obviously played Davis Cup at such a young age and wow, definitely up there with the Goats of Tennis as well. Alright mate, we move on. We'll, hey, we'll go we'll circle back to cricket, mate, and a name that doesn't need too much repeating, Don Bradman. Second inning century against Queensland. After scoring after a scoring in the a ton of the first.
3: Yeah. We could probably grab Bradman probably about twenty games to do that. So yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah, we could almost just put press repeat see you again next week, Don, in that way. So yeah. <laughs>
2: absolutely, and especially during cricket season. Yes. His name his name keeps coming up in the research that I keep yes. doing. Yes. And, mate, I thought we'd finish off in, with some baseball. This one's a little bit close to my heart. Yes. But back in 1920, I was not even a twinkle in anybody's eye that time. But a name that may most people would probably know, but Babe yes. Ruth. Boston decided to trade Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in January 1920.
3: Extraordinary. Yeah, and you think one hundred and twenty five thousand cash. Yeah. And the three fifty thousand loan were huge money back then. It's massive money back you know, then. Just huge. Yeah, you know, that's in the millions nowadays. Correct. And it did. Yeah, you know, it was one of the biggest superstitions. The curse of the Bambino. It's it's
2: know. one of those ones that just would never go away and the amount of times that Boston lost in a in a seven game series was just ridiculous. Oh. Um Back then, $125,000 cash. I mean, that's... Oh, it's huge. That's huge. Massive. That is. And the story behind that is that, you know, Babe Ruth had been a little bit... Um, uh, how can we put it? He was a little bit naughty on a few occasions when they were travelling, and he'd stay out a little bit longer than he was supposed to. Um, had some issues with the team manager, and they thought that they were uh, getting the better end of the deal by trading him, and he went on to be an absolute superstar for New York. And... Boston had the curse of the bambino put upon them, and it took them 84 years to, to crack it.
3: Yeah, hard one, too. Like, obviously, it's just a bit of myth and all that. We're not really sure, but you know, you can't really have a crack at anyone for club for trying to bring discipline in and all that. But no,
2: and they, and they, thought thought they Yeah, they thought they were doing the right thing at, the, at that time, but hey, didn't quite work out. But 84 years later, they. Uh, they Certainly broke that in a pretty royal way against New York. So yeah, there you go. All right, mate, we'll scoot into the Extra Time Big Finish.
1: Extra Time Big Finish.
2: All right, mate, we're going to kick off with the AFL. Just briefly,
3: teams are back on the track for the new year. Yes, the old cliche lines are out. We've never been fitter. Skin folds are the best. Training the best we've ever had. Training the house down. Yeah, we've all heard it before. Um, let's just wait and see. But yep. look, what I do on terms of Port Adelaide. I am a big Horn Francis fan. I think the criticism of him has been way over the top. Top. Um, I think if you get him and Rosie and Butters together, that that the potential of that is extraordinary. Yep. That yeah, I, I think they'll rebound. Adelaide. I'm still not hundred percent sure of. Yes, getting Rankin in gives them a bit more pizzazz and there is promise in the forward line, but I think there's still too many honest battlers. You know, your Murphy, Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. where do you see Port Adelaide finishing? I think Port
2: might make the eight. Yep, pop four maybe. Maybe. Things would have to really go right for them.
3: Yeah, and Adelaide, I, I think Adelaide might improve, but I'd still think 10 to 14 personally.
2: Yep. I'd be Adelaide, Port Adelaide, sorry, we'll start off with Port Adelaide. I, I'm in the same boat as you. Great to see Horn Francis on the track this week. Fantasia back on the track this week as well for the first time this year, or sorry, for the first time in this pre-season after having a couple of little surgeries at the end of last year for both of those players. Yeah, I think it is exciting for Port Adelaide. You, you, you do see Butters, Rosie... Um, uh, Dersma. Um And then you throw... Uh, Aratiio into that, and then you also throw Jason Horn Francis. Exciting times for Port Adelaide.
3: I oh, look, Fantasia. We, we all know he can play like crazy. Um, it's just his body. Yep. And Adelaide, uh, I'd
2: say Adelaide. You're right. I think they're going to improve. I think the uh, ranking into the middle a little bit more. Maybe swapping with Rochelle in there as well.
3: Yeah, that's exciting. I, yeah, I think that is. The- I still think there's a lack of class in the midfield. There's a lack of big bodies, a few to many honest battlers, and probably a little bit short in defence. And I admit, ruck, rucking wise, O'Brien and Strawn not convinced on either. I'd go with Strawn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, O'Brien yeah tries hard, but he's just not up to it. Yep.
2: Um, Roy Sloan comes back after the injury. What impact do you see him having, or where do you see him playing
3: potentially? Look, it's a hard one because he was struggling towards the end. You know, I, I don't think he should be captain. Um, I don't think he's an automatic selection anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, look, hopefully, whether they try and play him as the defensive forward, do they do that? Do they play him out at at a back half back? I'm just not sure what they'll do with him.
2: I think it's a sort of a three way rotation. You almost have him rotating through the middle, rotating through half back, and rotating through half forward. Just
3: not sure if you can have Keyes and Sloane on the ball together. No. And Barry like Again, no. all similar. Yep. Try hard. Keyes
2: burns it a little yeah, bit. Uh, Sloaney after coming back from injury, not 100% sure how that's going to pan out. Who do you see being Adelaide's next captain?
3: Dawson. Dawson or, do- or Dodo. Do-
2: Dodo, yep. 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 I'm, I'm of the same. I probably think Dode first before Dawson, but... I think. Always it, a
3: hard one. I, I think that's probably a comment more on the internally where you get a bit more. Yeah, uh,
2: who's who's a bit more leadership material down back? Obviously, Adelaide are missing probably a tall defender. Yeah, getting rid of getting rid of um, um, I'm trying to think of his name now to Western Bulldogs.
3: Um, Ke- Keith. Keith. Yeah.
2: Yes, uh, getting rid of Keith to the Bulldogs was that a good move or a bad move in hindsight?
3: Well, the whole bit of. Oh, we don't think we're going to contend in the next three or four. It's clean. It's rebuild. But you're still looking at them going now. Well, hang on, yeah. Jordan Butts has showed a bit, and Worrell showed a bit. But yeah, I, him and Greenwood were both pretty controversial admissions. Yep. Yep. So, hey, hey, cycling, big time. Yeah, the Tour Down Under comes
2: back to Adelaide for the first time, obviously for a couple of years because of pandemic. Yeah, what a world-class event we're seeing back on our shores again. It's
3: huge. It's also interesting that you'd think that a lot of Europeans wouldn't want to come out with the heat and that, but it doesn't really seem to keep anyone away. It and It seems to be the hotter it gets the more they love it. And it's traditional that it'll be hot. Yes. Um, you know, rains on Anzac Day and, and the heat for the Tour Down Under. Yeah. You know, so
2: Tick it off in the calendar. The tour is obviously taken on again world status for the women's riders this time round. Yeah, which, which is, is a huge coup, really. Oh, it's
3: fantastic. It's just it's elite in that way that you're getting such two big, effectively two big events.
2: It's an event that you know when it first came along, you're a little unsure. You know that. The Adelaide 500 closes down a few roads, then the Tour Down Under closes down a few roads. And you're like, hang on, <laughs> what are we doing here? But it's just grown from strength to strength. Oh. And the tourism that is being shown through the Barossa, through the McLaren Vale, through the city is just, it's priceless,
3: really. Oh, and it shows how big that is that so many places bid for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the parade's big next week. The whole parade, I understand, has yes. been closed off. Yep. And that, yeah, I think
2: they start from there and head up the yeah. Walunga
3: Hill, which is just huge. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll go out for the start.
2: Absolutely. And again, the South Australian public will turn up to yep. this event. Yes, it's a free event, but they love it. Absolutely no, love huge. it. It's huge. It's fantastic. All right, mate, we move on to basketball. The 36ers, once again, up, down, up, down, up, down. Will yeah. they make finals? No, just too inconsistent.
3: Actually, they're playing tonight too.
2: I've yep. So... We'll check that score up as we go along, but um, yeah, I think the 36 sixers. I think they've got all the ingredients to be a really good, good team. They just can't quite consistently put it together. One minute they're uh, they're blitzing teams, the next minute they're having to come from behind, and then occasionally just falling short as well. So yeah, I think if they get there, they might do okay. It's just a matter of getting to that point. And at the moment, it just doesn't look like they're being as consistent as they uh, that they as they should be.
3: And they're in trouble tonight as we speak. 79-68, sixty eight. Five minutes to go. So they're in big trouble tonight.
2: That could be very close to costing them a final spurt. I know they're hanging on for dear life in sixth spot as we as we speak as well. So that will be very very interesting.
3: Also on the on the weekend, we haven't got it on the sh- uh, sh- uh, disappointing result. Also in the soccer, for Adelaide United mm-hmm. on the weekend. Yes, losing four 0 four, nil, nil. four nil away. Yep. So yeah yeah you know, a bit inconsistent there as well well since the world
2: cup's come back they've just been a little bit off the pace they had built some pretty good momentum going into the world cup break but since coming back they've just not quite been yeah. around the and yes some of those you know ricochets and own goals you know you 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 beat your head against a brick wall going oh I can't believe it but you know, it is what it is, and 4 0 is not exactly the result no, you want to be having. It wasn't a cliffhanger. And uh, yeah, very, very rightly got into his press conference and said, Nothing to talk about here, let's talk about next week.
3: Yeah, he doesn't muck around, Carl. <laughs> He's entertaining enough. in that way. Yeah. And now, let's move. Moving on, baseball, Adelaide Giants. Absolutely. Yeah, We're getting to the pointy end of the
2: season. I had the privilege, we've visited a bit of sport over the last couple of weeks that we've had holidays. I went down to West Beach there a couple of weeks ago and. And seen the Adelaide Giants, unfortunately, lose an opening game to the Perth Heat, which they're coming, mate. They uh, they were seven or eight games behind yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, they're now down to two. And the next lot of games are going to really determine where they finish and where they play finals. Obviously, you want to have a home yeah. final to start, start it off. Two divisions. Yeah. They switched them over one v two two v one in the opposite yes, quite complicated uh, in the opposite group, gee, they want to probably put one away here in the next two games to to secure that home final big time Bridal. and they 've been a bit up and down as well. They had that run of twelve in a row where they did break the record, and then all of a sudden since then they 've just been scratching a little bit with a few addition a few new players. Just trying to get them cherry ripe for finals. So we'll keep an eye on that and hopefully we can visit the finals game. Definitely. All right, mate. That concludes our first episode for 2023. Uh, mate, we've done pretty well. We're not having a special guest tonight. We've covered a, a lot of topics that we needed to cover, obviously, because of the last two weeks with all the cricket and the tennis and everything else that's been going on. But um, we're looking forward to a big
3: 2023. We'll go through next week on the, on you know, the. The lady side of things with, mm-hmm. the, with the, the reds, for the yes. and with the soccer, with uh, the lightning. We'll get stuck into that as well.
2: Until then, we promise to do better, mate. Yep, we'll have a crack. We'll see you next week.
1: In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportscastSA. We'll see you next time on Game On.